Chob's Knob. It's where there's a will, there's a podcast. A weekly dive in every new corner of a galaxy far, far away. I'm Roxy. I'm Dean. You like that one? That was a good one. That one Chob's fucking... That one took me out. I am exhausted. I was not prepared for Chob's not... Who's Chob? Uh, I'm not quite sure who Chob is. And what's why his knob? He, what's his knob deal uh, like? I do know that it is a exclamation of surprise used by Bith. Um, oh, they're, I get it. All right. Yeah. Chob's knob. Chob's knob. They have, like, knobs, the Bith. They got... They got knobs, and they're specifically Chob's got one, and they like yeah. that one. I think he's got like a legendary knob, <laughs> right? Where right, right. they don't like it, but they're surprised by it. They they see Chob's knob, and they're like, "Interesting! I didn't you know, expect that." It would make sense considering they are the forerunners of the uh, the jizz music. There you go. So I, I mean, I. This all maybe, this all check checks out for me. Maybe the origin of jizz is Chob's knob. Yeah, the the originator. Yeah, that would make a lot of sense. I think. Yeah, it would track. Um, welcome <laughs> to this podcast. We talk about all things Star Wars, all things new in the Star Wars universe. Um, I don't think there was any news this week. I don't. I don't um, think. Am I wrong? Well, no. I, well, they did announce the cover art for the Life Day Treasury book. Oh, um, I didn't see that. And they said, yeah, I forgot to send it to you, but they That's did fine. announce that. Uh, and there is going to be a story about Chewbacca's family. Uh, uh, they're re-canonizing? They're re-canonizing all those, all those furry is, creatures. Is Itchy going to be in there or whatever? What's his I kid's bet, name? Uh, uh, Lo, no, not Lobaka, right? No, oh, I forget what is it is. Is it like Luxana? No, that's Star Trek. Here we go. Here's an io9 article. Whoa. Oh, there's their robes looking at the orbs. Yeah, yeah, wow. the orbs. Wow. Oh, I think we've seen the, the cover art before. I've definitely seen that okay. before. Um, I think. Is that the right one? Yeah. I love the, uh, well, the that's book, it. That's the green and red the... trim. That's pretty cool. All the stuff. Um, oh, the other pictures aren't loading. Yeah, it's um, interesting. Uh, they're gonna. I think. I, I mean, there's no. Thank, thankfully, there's no Star Wars news this week. Yeah, there's always there's always something, and it's always, uh, partially depressing, because you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> so what are we covering this week? We're finishing up, uh, Victory's Price. We're part three and four of Victory's Price, the final the final pieces of that book. Um, we, we took a week off uh, just to let ourselves catch up and be able to, to do a clean Sunday release this week, get back on track. Uh, but yeah, so parts three and four. Um, and then last week's comic was Bounty Hunters issue 10. And then this week's comics uh, were Star Wars Adventures 4 and Dr. Aphra issue 8. So that's what we're going to be talking about this mm-hmm. week and as always we're going to jump right into the meatiest of the of the the offerings 
um, the main course, if you will, at this delectable Star Wars literature dinner uh, with part three and four of Victory's Price. I unfortunately don't have the book in front of me, so I, I can't tell you what the part names are. Oh, um, yeah, me neither. <laughs> but they're probably pretty cool. Yeah. Um, it is the uh, the finale of of the of the Alphabet Squadron trilogy, as well as this individual book, Victory's Price. Um. So, going off my memory, I did finish it uh, earlier this week, mm-hmm. and it's been it's been a week. It's been a long week, so I'm gonna do my best to recount. Um, pretty sure that a majority of this this chunk takes place uh, during the Battle of Jakku, specifically yes. over the uh, skies of Jakku, the uh, atmosphere. Um, big space battles. Na- Lots of yeah. big space battles in this one. A lot of big space battle. Nath and Chas, two of our heroes, are um, the uh, our surrogate into the space battle. Will Lark has given up his command of the squadrons. Uh, he's become a conscientious objector. So he's sitting at the battle. He tries to, to convince everyone else to give it up, but no one listens to him mm-hmm. uh, on either side. Um, meanwhile... Uh, uh, Karos and our main character, whose name I am... Yurika Quill? There you go, Yurika Quill. Um, They are going to Coruscant to stop Soren Keys from destroying a data center that is Mm -hmm. uh, stored on Coruscant. Um, I believe his his working opinion is that if the new republic gets their hands on this data center which has cataloged every single bad thing that every single person who ever worked for the for the empire ever did his thinking is that even the most mundane things that people did were were so bad that mm-hmm. it will make it impossible for any uh ex-imperial to live under the new republic if they decide to prosecute in any way uh right. quell um doesn't yeah there was with a him. section there was a section where they were saying like the way that the empire was sort of set up was like even the most mundane of workers like who weren't even aware of stuff that they were like casually allowing to happen uh, and it was like intentionally designed that way, so he's just like, "This is gonna be bad for everyone." <laughs> yeah, um, and and like it's interesting because at this point, the 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 alternate viewpoint that we get from Quell specifically isn't necessarily disagreeing with that. She just doesn't think that the destruction that would be caused from this happening, like that's not okay. It's not okay mm-hmm. to potentially kill anyone in favor of maybe sparing people later Mm -hmm. um uh being an ex-imperial who did pretty horrific things she doesn't necessarily think that everyone deserves to be punished severely but right um, she has more of a stake in that mindset um so that's happening uh concurrently um this this whole part i i enjoyed pretty much i think it's a it's really interesting because my biggest problem with this trilogy overall is that I think that the characters felt very, um, like, stunted in their arcs for a mm-hmm. lot of it. It felt like, I mean, this is one book, I'm not quite sure how much you felt this, but I, to me, it felt like 
the endpoints that we get in this section specifically, because part four is basically like an epilogue, um, right. is like just where the characters are going to end up all along. And the rest of it had like the three books had to be, okay, well, we can't really let them get there yet. And sure. It's like I such think... a simple character change that it all happens like at once and they've been stagnant this whole time to get there. Yeah, so, um, so like, the, the character arcs, uh, I mean, Will's kind of comes to a head when he uh, decides to lay down arms and, and become, like, like, a conscientious objector, essentially, and give up the, the cause of the rebellion. Um, it kind of comes into question later. He finds a, a character who was in the previous book, one of the Imperials. Um, she was, like, in the cult with... Um, with chas i forget her name but she would she ended up like pretending to be recruited by the rebels and is like sabotaging the ship and he has to stop her and kind of resorts to violence to do it because he realizes that people aren't just going to listen to him but Mm -hmm. it feels like his arc comes to a culmination when he decides to give it up um Mm -hmm. and and kind of succumb to his his more peaceful nature and like the teachings of his planet um uh nath um decides that the heroics that he was putting on is not what he wants to do and that he uh doesn't want to be in the rebellion or in the new republic he kind of just wants to be a scoundrel and a pirate so like his arc his arc is negating all of the character development his character had which is interesting and cool i think that like his character has definitely come the farthest in the three books Mm -hmm. and i think that i don't mind so much that his uh his ending is never mind none of that is for me is like something a little bit different than you expected all along yeah yeah um chas on the other hand i think is just literally what you expected her to happen all along she decided i don't she doesn't want to die in a blaze of glory she wants Mm -hmm. to keep living sure uh and that's pretty much it and that's that's the culmination of her arc since the first book and the first moment you met her like now she has attachments she doesn't want to die yeah great uh i wish that there was kind of points along the way that felt like they were you know i think that i think if you're doing a series you have to you can't have one big arc that you're that you can't like unless there are clear points of development along that arc if it's just from point a to b that's really boring i think that Mm -hmm. each book and the characters need to have like their own little journeys through each story yeah if it's a three book if it's a three book story it should be a to b b to c c to d and then (laughs) that should be exactly their plot of like growing i get yeah um which again i don't i didn't feel all that much just because i've only met known them for this book um but i i get where that could be an issue for you if as a as a constant right. reader right and you got you got her full arc this this from this book mm-hmm. that like you didn't miss anything really. gotcha maybe some like context for like certain things that, that she talks about but you know whatever um mm-hmm. so uh just plot wise like i said will um is on like the they shadow wing is like going around disabling ships they have to stop them um they and the the big star destroyer that's on the rebel side that Hera's commanding is sabotage mm-hmm. she like 
tries to point the ship and like goes down with it, but she gets off in Ghost, which is cool. I enjoyed the little Ghost nice. shout out. Yeah, love that. Um, uh, Nath and Chas kind of lead like the decaying charge against Shadow Wing. Um, he ends up like bailing right at the last minute, um, <laughs> uh, to just go hide. Uh, right in the battles like basically won, and Chas is like downed on Jakku in like an old Star Destroyer or like another Star, Star Destroyer that crashed and is rescued by I think Will's people mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken um over on Coruscant there's like a whole battle with like the Coruscant like police or like the Imperial remnant that's there um between uh Yurka Karos uh and Soren with them and it ends with them like having a standoff like quell and and keys having a standoff on top of the data bank and they have like a philosophical argument and keys dies uh, before anything can happen um quell gives up like she decides not to do anything with the data and like gives it to the new republic um sure and Karos decides that she is she forgives quell which helps her a lot and also she's like I am going to become I'm going to go through this chrysalis or whatever I'm a new person by and then leaves <laughs> I think I don't really know what's up with her it's very um abstract and yeah. alien and then um, everything's sort of wrapped up yeah so then um I think like the last chapter is like an epilogue and you find out what happened to everyone um it might they th- this part might be in like the earliest chapter but it doesn't matter um like quell is um she's like she isn't allowed to vote and she has like it's basically like what happened to like in the beginning of reconstruction in america after the civil mm-hmm. war um except that got erased like immediately after right. like a couple years but like in this universe it seems like they're sticking to it um so she has like limited rights but she is free and mm-hmm. she's very um, surprised by that. Her and Hera have a good talk about it. Um, Will goes home, uh, but then and ends then, up getting is that elect- what they end up doing? That's what they end up doing for like most of the major, like, well, like most of like the the foot soldier of the Empire people, right? Or is that just for? I think um, from what I remember, it seemed like there is an like you can you can. Um, ask to get your record expunged and i'm sure there's Mm. some sort of like public apology process that goes along with that or you have to like show that you are a stand-up citizen and you don't have any like ties to any like remaining imperial remnants or anything like that sure um they don't really talk about that too much but but it's just like quell gets you know okayed just for being a hero at the end here yeah there are people who are definitely in jail still oh yeah yeah and and um so so will ends up going home and gets elected to the senate and he tries to spearhead like a uh reconciliation project where he like is getting um like people who defected or like people who have already gone through the process of being like um forgiven for lack of a better term Mm -hmm. um uh to like talk to the ones who aren't doing that i think and he really wants quell to be involved with that but she doesn't really want to um uh nath forms his own little pirate group um a lot of ex shadow wing people are involved in it he tries Mm. to get will on board but will is uh isn't having it um will also takes his droid i think 
Uh, yeah. And you don't interesting enough like that's where Nath's story ends. You don't see him in this little reunion scene. He's done. Karos is also out of the section too, and so is Hera. But like Hera, whatever she didn't really she wasn't really like a character as opposed to just like a she was a character like a, but she didn't have like a an arc or anything. Right, like a figurehead of the of the era. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And then Chas decides to like didn't she has, like, this... show up at some point what was that did mon mothma show up at some point yeah so um so I, I read this mon... a while ago I, I don't remember the details but I'm, I'm pretty sure i remember mon mothma in there she has a conversation with um hera about quell okay. and uh she's like even though she's like the chancellor of the spurgeon and government she's like i know all these intimate details about this single person because you were like reporting on her right uh, and they are they discuss whether like they it's an it's a really interesting discussion i think this is my favorite part of the entire trilogy overall because i think my favorite part of it was like the world building aspect of Mm -hmm. it because i I, like i said i didn't really connect to the characters too much so the hints at like the larger political um uh story going on was more interesting to me and Mm -hmm. mothma and Hera have a conversation about like what are the precedents they are setting by by making quell the first imperial like ex-imperial they're they're actually like looking into as a government and Mm -hmm. whatever they decide to do with her if they decide to punish her if they decide to let her go completely free if they have to put restrictions on her that's the precedent going forward especially for lesser or more like serious crimes um which is interesting and i i like that aspect and angle of it a lot um i wish that these this these books were a little bit more about that uh angle and less Mm -hmm. about um the starfighter stuff because i uh i think a lot of that was extremely difficult to follow (laughs) in in written form starfighter battles are notoriously uh we say this in our in our other podcast and i'm going to say it later uh eye slidey yes yeah it it especially i i think this my eye just slides across the words yeah it's 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 even more difficult here too because I think that if you build it around character beats, which this book tries to do, but I just think that I don't. It doesn't necessarily work well for me. Um, it, like I, I think that there are you can definitely make that a little more readable, but it just doesn't work. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, so so that's so the political stuff is interesting and cool. Um, so Chas ends up. Um, she she was afraid that the war would end and then they would discard her and she couldn't get a job and she'd be, become poor and then I, I think even like in her like nightmare vision like tries to commit suicide or something and like her ba- her story in this epilogue is basically like she had a lot of issues she was in like a drug infested or a crime infested like like Dan on Coruscant and mm-hmm. whatever but she ends up joining uh, she ends up seeking Quell out and joining her like burgeoning repair shop and or something, and they end up getting a lot of like contracts. They're like, um, I don't think government work because she can't do government work since she's an ex-imperial, but like, um, whatever. And they end up getting together, and that's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then that's where that story ends. Yeah. Um, and that's it. And that's how that's the Alphabet Quadrant trilogy. That's the um, book. Yeah. Um, um, I didn't. I, really connect with this one mostly because i was jumping on to the third in the trilogy with no prior knowledge but um i appreciate what it was going for at points i'm glad that the whole trilogy's arc was presented in this one book 
Um, yeah, there were some cool moments. That's my entire thoughts. Yeah, I pretty much talked about my my thoughts on the trilogy in this book mm-hmm. as we were going through. Um, I like some of the characters, and I, I like the way that they're. I like like their archetypes and their like. I like where they ended up. I don't like how they were written consistently across the entire series. I don't think they were necessarily strong enough, or at least in this form, in this way that it was written, to carry the trilogy. But I think that if they popped up elsewhere, I'd be like, oh, cool. I I like Quell. She's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of thing. Um, so we'll see. I wonder if they do pop up anywhere else. Um, yeah. These books are pretty recent, and I think most of the in-between um, six and seven stuff are, is pretty old at this point. Um, that was like the earliest stuff they started populating. I think when mm-hmm. the when when after seven came out. Um, yeah, so, with like the aftermath stuff and all that. Yeah, so I'm interested to see if they if they build into this period more going forward and if they like utilize these characters at all. They definitely might because of like uh, Mandalorian and the heroes of the. Yeah. It'd the, be cool or the if, Rangers like, of the New Republic or whatever. It would be cool if, like, Nath showed up over there or if they mentioned Will or something. I don't know. That'd be it, pretty it, like, cool. It'd be neat, and I get it now. So Yeah, if, like, Will and, like, Mon Mothma showed up in Rangers of the New Republic. That'd be cool. That'd be maybe, pretty uh, dope. Quell and, maybe Quell and Chas need yeah. to, uh, maybe they need to, like, fix an engine or something on some backwater planet they land on, Mando lands on. Or the Rangers land on, and then we can get some actual gay representation in Star Wars. That'd be cool. That'd be huh? pretty cool. Be neat. Um, a lot of a lot of gay uh, this week. A lot of gay. A lot of gay this week. Oh yeah, there was a lot of gay this week. Um, so we'll go in. Uh, we'll go, I'll go in like chronological order as of when they came out. So next thing, uh, Bounty Hunters issue ten. Ah uh, yes. Subtitled. The Terminus Gauntlet Part Three: A Desperate Gambit. <laughs> it's so great. Yeah. So, um, um this kind of ruled. Okay. This was the first issue of this book that I actually really enjoyed because it was kind of like a self-contained uh, Terminator story, almost. Yeah, um, that's true. It's been a while since since we since we discussed this, but uh, Valance. He snuck aboard the captured rebel ship. That's Balanced been... the coolest cyborg man of all time with the raddest robot skin. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he he sneaks aboard. He, he sent his ship into hyperspace, and then he, like, but he he wasn't on it, so he tricked everyone. So he got aboard the rebel ship. It's being held hostage by a pirate crew. Han Solo. Han be... Solo's in there. There was the flashback the Solo... with, he's been in the, yeah. uh, in the, in the Imperial navy or whatever yeah in the beginning there's a flashback to when he lost his leg and yeah yeah he he's quitting he want he doesn't want to quit the imperial navy i was like you're a sucker and then mm-hmm. he's like whatever on you suck you're a scoundrel and then the present day he sneaks aboard the ship that's being held by the cr- pirate crew that used to be uh helmed by honda hondo 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 um who's cool and is at disneyland um yeah the greatest animatronic the creature ever made <laughs> insane for, for this yeah. fucking guy um uh, or the second the second greatest i think in terms of sheer technical scope uh the avatar navi shaman 
Are you sure? Because the Hondo more the Hondo, crazy. The Hondo is is later than the Shaman. Yeah, Hondo I think came... I think still in terms of like like stuff. Like the 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 Avatar Shaman is huge. And so I think it's true. still technically more complex. But uh I, the Hondo one is really cool. <laughs> What a fascinating two characters! A original and o a, a a original character, an OC of Avatar, <laughs> and a anim a, a character who is exclusively contained to the animated Star Wars offerings. Mm -hmm. Absolutely crazy. Um. Anyway, he teams up with the rebels on board to to take over the ship. Um. And then uh, he's beaten up Dengar, who is the bounty hunter aligned with the pirates. And Dengar lets mention that uh, Han, Boba Fett had Han Solo. And Valance is like, what was that? Um, the rebels come to rescue uh, this ship, and uh, Valance is already gone. Um, I, there's like a small section where um, the girl of the... The, the sister of one of the dudes who was killed in the original inciting incident for this comic that I can barely remember. Mm, yeah, um, the, she, the the thing. Yeah, she's with her wife, and she's like, I gotta go do something. And her wife's like, come on, really? He's like, yeah, mm. I got it, I'm sorry. And they had like a big splash page kiss, which is kind of cool. Mm -hmm. I think it's neat. Um, uh, yeah. It's it, there's a lot of individual images in this in this issue, uh, putting aside even the gay kiss, where it's just like that's cool, and it like shots of like a cyborg face behind in the shadows <laughs> to like strike at the pirates, is neat. Yeah. Um. Um. And then, I yeah. I think this one is also a big culprit of I slide for me. Um still i'm kind of waiting until they really focus up on the war of the bounty hunters uh crossover to like maybe have the story focus a bit more um i don't really like valance i think he's too 90s i get that you know it's um, just too cool like cool like this robot guy yeah it, it i just think i maybe i don't know if the artist changed i don't think the artist changed maybe maybe it did but i just felt like this issue in particular was because it wasn't so lore heavy and there was a self-contained amount of characters and it was just about taking the ship back i think that connected with me a little bit more mm -hmm. it, mm -hmm. it's still not something i think i would return to reading um but like just for like this this purpose i was like cool and then I flipped the page. You know what I mean? Right. It wasn't. Right. It, it was like a one-off reaction. But um, yeah, I think overall the Bounty Hunters book is still my, my least favorite. It it does in its entirety feel very '90s. It's just like it's been 30 years. We can. Mm -hmm. We don't got to do this anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Okay, um, I think that's all we have to say on that. Moving on, Doctor Afra issue eight, um, which is. Uh, which Good. is subtitled um, and the engine job part three old wounds uh, I like Afra, this one yeah Afra is still trying to figure out what's going on with this um, 
with the uh, Nihil hyperspace drive, mm-hmm. um, and she's te- she's teamed up with Asana Staros to, uh, to get to figure out what's up with that. Uh, they go to try to figure out what's up with that. They're in like a big tree where there's like a ship in there. They figure out that the hyperspace drive that's being touted around the galaxy is like either just a piece or a fake. I think they decided it's just a piece of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so they got to go and grab that. Um, and then someone from the Unbroken Clan interrupts them and blows up the ship that they're on. Mm-hmm. And they jump down like a tree. And that's the end of the comic. Also, Lucky lucky face oh yeah just lucky is uh doing some crime on canto bite in like a little side story he's assassinating people i I, he is i don't care you do not care about him i thought this was a i thought that was that was a little good side story for him um i'm kind of interested in seeing i like the the dude that he was with with the blue like cop jacket or whatever I like that guy. He was cool. Um, well, yes. I, I, I'm I'm, ex- I'm kind of curious to see where that goes. But yeah, I think the main the main bit in this is spending more time with Afra and Sanastaros and their banter. Really fun. A lot of good action. I love the the energy of this book. I think it's pretty good. There's a lot of really kinetic um, panels and, and pages where it's like Afra's like going down a, <clears throat> like a, a big pit. Mm-hmm. Or like, you know, that kind of stuff. Which I like. Um, I think I like how this book does action way more because there's a lot more like pace to it. Where like every like I, it doesn't get eye slidey for me. It's just very clear. There's breaks to what's going on. The the dialogue is pro- like propelling the story a little bit more than like you have to like focus on the images i don't know it's just a a better way that i enjoy comic format it happens in this book i i totally get you i agree i also like that it's tying in the higher public stuff yes that's Um, always fun they mentioned specifically um like the the nihil could do a lot of crazy things with uh like the the hyperspace magic that they do yeah which is neat yeah um yeah, uh, there's not really too much else to say here. They reference earlier after runs, which I'm not really familiar with, but that's cool. They mentioned her like murder droid that she had, or mm. the, like bad versions of C3PO and uh, um, R2D2. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, which is neat. Triple um, B B zero or or triple triple zero and BT or something. I don't know what their names are, but they were cool. I thought they were funny. Yeah. There was one panel too that I really uh, that I liked in this that I thought was done really well is that um, the unbroken chain or unbroken clan were like uh, telling them that if they surrender they'll be shown mercy and what when they say you'll be shown mercy it cuts to like an image of like a person they murdered and I thought that was a really mm. fun way to visual way to you know show not tell well I mean mm-hmm. I guess they're telling but you know what I mean it's 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 more subtle than than sometimes these books can be and I appreciated right. that but. Um, Afra is a cool character. I still like her. Um, yeah. I don't think there's anything gay that happens in this book, but she's a gay character. I'm pretty sure. So that's neat. Yeah. Like that. Um, okay. Good. Afra. Good. Uh, good. next St- star Wars adventures four, which contained oh. the two stories life day part two and credits. 
gosh um, i love star wars adventures so much it's so interesting i'm i'm ambivalent on them i'm i think that they are fine i they're, think it's they're good. so good they're nice for what they are so the first the first one is a continuation from the previous issue which is uh qui-gon was um kidnapped by a uh what's the species tar tar tardoshan trandoshan trandoshan um and uh obi-wan goes and rescues him uh a lot of good obi-wan in this one he's being sassy as always uh he's being on he's using unorthodox strategy which is you know qui-gon's whole thing so he's like learning from his master his unorthodox strategy is saying he surrenders and then force opening qui-gon's cage and catching them off guard and i'm like amazing and they they make a big deal about it, like Obi Wan was lying, and how that's so weird. And I'm like, uh, he what? Yeah, <laughs> it was, he just it, does like it, a weird lie uh, trick. <laughs> he just doesn't really do much, but it's it works. It yeah, it feels very. I mean, these these books are very are skewed towards much younger children than than mm-hmm. most of the rest of this, and I think that it definitely um it, it comes off as as a as a young child kind of like plot twist or plot point. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but that's fine. It is what it is. Um, yeah. There's some, this Wilkies, is, this book you know. is incredible. This, this book is incredible. And I'll tell you why this is the book that I would give my child to be invested in star Wars before they watch any of the movies. So that they I would totally get to that. know all these characters in different ways, and then they would be able to like see the story of those characters played out in the in the movies. But they would like already know all of the best highlights of like their personalities and their cool moments and like little tiny stories about them. Uh, that's what I really appreciate, and it's just like it's just fun. It's just fun adventure. It's not yeah. And it's not it, anything it's not anything i love it i'm i i am the the these stories suffer from the same issue that the uh, that a lot of the other comics do in that they are a lot of the times interstitial stories that try to tell a little mini adventure and give it some and well they try to tell a little mini adventure between big adventures and it often feels like they're they're you know puttering around and and meandering and i mm-hmm. think that's a little frustrating for the bigger stories because they're trying to matter but this isn't it's just like here is a fun mm-hmm. story with obi-wan and qui-gon they yeah. rescue some wookies the end it doesn't have to fit into like well where are these characters after that after the movie or like what do they do like immediately following up like their biggest adventures it's like no this is just them doing a thing and it's just well, fine not even that i think that even if one of these did take place immediately after a big event it it still is just like it's like we're not gonna kid you this isn't there's no weight to this Mm -hmm. it it is canonical sure but there is no specific story beats that it's going to set up or follow maybe a character will be referenced because that's how star wars is but that's the Mm -hmm. extent of its importance and i think that it's cool that it's basically upfront about that it's like you want to read more obi-wan qui-gon adventures here is a story that you can mm-hmm. read and it's just these characters because you like reading these characters and i i do appreciate that for what it is um yeah. the second story 
credits is about Tobias Beckett and Val from Solo, A Star Wars Story. I was not expecting this whatsoever. I was, uh, Dean, I didn't expect a single solo character to show up in anything ever again, except for Han and Lando. Um, But I guess I've been proven wrong because it's Star Wars. Um, uh, Val comes. (laughs) A whole Beckett and Val story. Yeah, uh, Val comes to rescue Tobias or Beckett or whatever from a like a he's like locked up, I think. Um, she's like, "Why are you here?" And he's like, "It was a job." And then they, he goes to rescue like a, a a buddy of his, a gambling buddy, and that's the job. Mm-hmm. And she's mad at him for it, but then he takes her to a planet, and it turns out the buddy uh, can play the um, what is it? Uh, the, he can play an instrument that the is referenced horn, in a lot. The saxophone. Yeah yeah like this the space saxophone and yeah. uh it's it was for a date and it's chob's a, knob then, am i right yeah chob's knob and then uh you're reminded at the end she's like i don't know what the future holds and you're like well you're gonna die and then yeah. so is he um so yeah there's that but it's cute it's nice it's, i didn't it's... like the way they drew woody harrelson in this <laughs> <laughs> it looks crazy i was like immediately i was like oh this is woody harrelson but then the longer it kept going i was like this is a really weird take on him see see i had the exact opposite reaction in that i saw the little preview art and i'm like who is that because it was val and i think that even she doesn't really look like she doesn't um, look like tandy newton no not really and i was like who are these characters and then they the the thing started and i'm like who's tobias and then it was like (laughs) he was like val and i'm like val and then she was like, hey, Beckett. And I'm like, what? Really? <laughs> I, as soon as I saw the character in the first panel, I was like, that is uh, Woody Harrelson. But then I feel like after that, they made him look less like Woody Harrelson because Val wasn't, like, it wasn't very character, like, actor specific. They just tried to, like, sort of capture the essence to remind you and then they just did their own version of that character which i definitely which is prefer fine. yeah um, i like that especially in this art style and the fact that we're probably not going to ever see those two in in movies again yeah i mean yeah i guess those two specifically aren't going to be in movies yeah. again um still hoping that they'll do something with the solo stuff cuz i do I do enjoy yeah. Solo. Um, Bring back uh, Alden Ehrenreich. Yeah, he's pretty Alden good. Rick. Yeah, I like him. I like him. He's good in uh, Hail Caesar, too. Oh, I have to see that still. You know who he reminds me of? He reminds me of Emil Hirsch. Okay. Like, look-wise. Okay. Yeah, and I think that I think that they should kick Emil Hirsch out of Hollywood and just give out Eigenreg all of his roles. I agree I with think. you. He should be the new Speed Racer. He sh- they, should the sequel, Speed they should do Speed Racer again. If yes, oh I my think. God, if the Wachowskis came in and did Speed Racer two, the next I, phase of the Wachowskis' career is just redoing all of their previous, like doing sequels to all their movies. So we're gonna get the we're getting Matrix we're Four, gonna Bound Two. We're going to get Bound 2, Two Bound, Too Furious. Two Bound. I would um, die. I think that would be the best. It would be pretty great. A little legacy sequel. Uh, and we're going to get Jupiter Ascending 2. And we're going to get Speed Racer 2. It's going to oh, be great. I would die. All of those. Cloud Atlas 2. 
Yeah. We get the Matrix Reloaded 2. We get Matrix the Revelations 2. Revelations 2. People be like, Matrix 5 and 6, they just aren't my Matrix. <laughs> they, they, You can ignore that they exist. This trilogy is okay with 4. 1 and 4 <laughs> are the only good Matrix movies. So, no, <laughs> stop. 2 and 3 are good. No. Um... Uh, yeah, uh, Star Wars Adventures, cool. Thumbs up. Yeah, Enjoy I like it. it. I think that's 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 it. That's everything. It's, it's everything this week. Pretty pretty good week. Not that not that chunky, but that's uh, a chunky. That's a that's a, a job a job's knob. Um, what's next? We don't have any books immediately, right? No. So what looks like is next is actually one thing. Uh, strangely, um, the wiki is listing it as being out already, even though it has a date of four days from now. I don't know. Um, anyway, uh, what? What is it? It says it's, it's, it's Starlight First Duty, part one, from Kevin Scott, a short story in Star Wars oh. Insider. And when I click into, it says it comes out on the 31st, and then when I click into the page, it says it was released on March 17th. Um, so we have something to do. Yeah, uh, that Wait. looks like the only thing that's releasing because the next two comics are the High Republic Four and the High Republic Adventures Three, which come out on the seventh of okay. April. So next we only ha- next time we only have a short story for the High Republic to looks like it. All right, uh, interesting um, week from Star Wars Insider two oh one. Um, we still do need to talk about the Rise of Skywalker graphic novel adaptation. Mm. Um, if we can read it by then, we will talk about it. Yeah, of course. Um, it's going to be the Rise of Skywalker. So if you, if you know, if anyone listens to this and anyone happens to listen to this and read along with us, uh, you probably don't need to read it. Mm-hmm. So it's a tentative thing but star wars insider 201 starlight first duty part one by kevin scott will be covered next week perfect on where there's a wills there's a podcast um hope you enjoyed this if you did please remember to give us a rate and review on itunes subscribe to wherever you get your podcast rate and review too if you can most other podcast platforms you can't really rate and review shows Mm. really i don't think i know my, i can't do it on mine mm-hmm. uh strangely but if you're on itunes do it uh if you want to check out um us elsewhere you can check us out on twitter or at uh at willscast w-h-i-l-l-s-c-a-s-t um we're also uh we have an email you can just tell us what you think of the show it's uh willscast at gmail.com yeah i think i think that does it next week like we said, Starlight First Duty Part Two, and uh, I think that that's it. Any any other, any final thoughts? Um. Uh. Yep. Um. That's good. Uh, remember, remember, everyone, consider the, the chop knob. <laughs> we should just end it there. <laughs> consider the chop. Consider the job now.